Hello there, it's Jamila Jamel. Take a deep breath. Let your breath out slowly to the count of six. One, two, three, four, five, six. Do you feel better? Well, on my podcast, I Weigh, this month we'll be exploring ways to tackle mental health and feel better with guests like Simon Sinek from The Optimism Company, therapist Vienna Farron, comedian Neil Brennan, and many more. Listen to I Weigh wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, friends. It's Sarah May, and this is a podcast for Emma. I hope it changes the way you see things so that you can change what has you stuck. Um, And it's called Going Nowhere. (laughs) And it's for anyone that is in a relationship that is not giving you what you want and you can't seem to get out of it. And I'm not describing a happy, loving relationship in which one person simply doesn't agree with your terms or one particular detail of the relationship. So if you love each other and you are happy and you are both respecting yourselves in this love, this is not for you. This is for a person who is not treating themselves well and who is with a person who is not treating them well and you are taking it and it's hurting you. And maybe you can seem to give it up and it means that you are betraying your foundational values. So it's causing you to hurt yourself by accepting it and deny what is important to you in any shape or form. So if you have a significant other that doesn't believe in commitment, that's a lot different than a person that doesn't believe in sharing a bank account. It's all about what do you want for your future? Who do you want for your future? What do you wish more than anything to be with in a relationship? That's what this is about. In case you're wondering, yes, this is for everybody. It's a universal topic because it relates to your relationship with yourself. So despite any of the examples in particular, this is for guys and girls, gay and straight. And it doesn't have to be a guy that's doing it to the girl or the girl doing it to the guy. Anyone can be a douchebag and anyone can be in a relationship where they're expecting love from a person and they should expect to receive love back from that person. So it's all valid, it's all realistic, and it's all completely, completely your right to expect the treatment from a person that you want from them, including commitment. It's not something that you should have to reconcile. It's not something you should have to think is less common or less important or less valid for any reason. Anyone gets to choose what they want in a relationship. Are you tolerating and accepting less than what you want from your relationship? Are you giving more and receiving less? Are you operating on less than a trustworthy bond or promise? Are you dating somebody who won't commit to you or maybe they don't want the same things but you are somehow still hanging around? And maybe it's completely different. Maybe it's something more casual like you rationalize it by saying it's just because I don't have anything better at the moment but I'm still looking and maybe you are in a relationship but you wish you had more from them you want them to be all yours and you want it to go to the next stage you want to move in together you want to get married or you just want to be treated better you want more attention 
maybe you explain it by saying this person is complicated and it's just not how they roll and you just get them and you're there are not many people who could get them um or maybe you are in this relationship and you've broken up multiple times and you kind of break up on a regular basis, but you're always somehow back together again. You just can't seem to break that habit. And maybe that comes about when they come back to you and that's as soon as you kind of become more independent. So in all these cases, here is what you don't likely realize. This is not about them changing. It has nothing to do with them. This is about you and how you feel about yourself. Because somewhere in you is a gray area. You are saying you want something, but you are not acting like it. So you are literally not acting as the person who is ready to be loved and committed to. Why? Because you are with a person currently who is giving you less and you're taking it. And the person you are... Excuse me. Choked on my spit. <coughs> Gross. The person you are meant to be with can't see you and would never go for you because you are wearing a large sign that says occupied by a douchey squatter. <laughs> so here's a little montage of what I'm talking about. And I want you to stay open while listening to this. And just instead of, uh, just try and listen for something that might be familiar or strike a familiar chord and try to resist the instinct to say, but... Hey, where's your girlfriend? Nah, this isn't really her scene. But we're your friends. Still haven't met her. Eh, what, whatever. No big deal. But it's your birthday. Hey, babe, it's me again. Are, are you coming over tonight? Just please call me back or text me. I just want to know if I should go to sleep. Hey, where's your lady? Oh, we're not together. But you guys, like, are together all the time and she practically lives at your house. Yeah, but it's not anything really serious. Right. Where were you last weekend? Who were you with? Were you with that girl? Look, babe, that's not really our situation. What we are. But, I mean, I don't know, I thought you weren't hanging out with her anymore. But you know what I'm saying, right? It's just, I have my business, you have yours, and... But I tell you stuff, and you don't tell me anything. But I don't ask, really, to hear your stuff. And When we're together, we're just together and having fun. That's all that matters. Hey. Hey, stranger. How's it going? So good to hear your voice. Yeah, well, cool. I haven't talked to you in a while. I know. It's... It's been so long, and it's like, you know, free space to think and realize, man, I just really miss, really miss hanging out with this chick. When, when do you think I can see you again? I really want to. I don't know. I mean, maybe tomorrow. So that's cool. I mean, are you guys, like, a couple? I think so. I mean, I, I hope so. You, could, you don't know? Don't you talk about that stuff? It's, it's that gray area where it's like... It hasn't been defined, and it hasn't been established, I guess. You guys have been together for like a year. Look, I told you, I'm just, I'm not the marriage type. Any of this sound familiar? It's a common situation to be in as an adult, 
And if you are ending up in a relationship like this and it's not aligned with what you want for yourself and you just can't figure out why and you can't figure out a way to fix it and you also can't figure out the exit and you're stuck, what I'm going to try and do is hopefully enlighten you as to why you're there and also what needs to change and ways for you to start that change so that you can get to where you are meant to be and that is happy. And that means whatever terms you decide, you should have a mutually loving and supportive relationship based on the terms and the values that you choose for yourself. So with someone who deserves your love. So let us get there together, shall we? Um, and I just will say that this is a common dynamic in a relationship right before you meet the one, if you're into that kind of thing. So this is not that you are screwed and you're always going to be screwed. This is usually what you have to go through right before you find your perfect match because it takes you growing a very specific muscle from choosing this path. And it means usually for most of us, you have to kind of learn the lesson the hard way because it's the only way you can really break out of something like this. You don't have to do it that way. It's a lot easier that way and that means like you get cheated on or you get betrayed or you get like some awful wake-up call from where this path goes that you are able to immediately sever contact with the douchebag. I should stop saying that because you probably love this person. I won't call them a douchebag anymore. But it's easier when they do something so devastating that you are like this, the, the ember of love is just extinguished immediately. It can be a lot harder if it's just kind of this like low, slow burn and you're just kind of in it and you know you don't like it but there's not a better way to move out of it. There's not a clear path and you can't really force it because then it's just like forcing pain. So I know <laughs> how that can feel. I'm hopefully going to give you ways that you can start to empower yourself so that you can do the growth necessary that this will happen on its own. It's not going to have to be like such a band-aid kind of experience. Um, um, if you are kind of not sure why you are stuck here right now, I'm going to tell you right now, part one, there's three parts, or actually five parts, just kidding. So the first part is what you think you are doing right now in this relationship. So you're probably thinking you are in a spot in your life, you kind of don't know where you're headed, you don't know if this is right, but you don't think it matters that much. You're kind of biding your time, staying comfortable, but you know it's not what you want, and it's probably going to eventually change, and you don't think it's that serious. You're just kind of like, you think you're choosing it, and you're totally in control, and you're aware and conscious of what it is, and who this person is, and it just kind of works for where you are right now. Maybe you have great friends, you have a great career, you have great family, but this is just the easy part of your life, this convenient relationship right now, even though you know you shouldn't be with somebody like this, and your friends say it's just, they say it constantly, like, and you're kind of aware of that, but you're kind of whatevs about it, like, you're gonna deal with it when you're ready and besides this person and you just like really have fun together and you just get each other and maybe you also are very like attached to them and to the point where like you kind of think about them all the time and like it makes your day good or bad depending on like how you are with this person so they have a lot of like control over how you feel about yourself um and maybe you 
because of that, rationalize that this person makes you so happy and makes you feel so thrilled when they are giving you their love and attention that you are like, you know what, I, I can't imagine not having them in my life. And maybe you think like, yeah, this is probably just a pretty universal thing for relationships. Like people, there are a lot of people that don't want to commit and eventually they come around or, you know, some people just don't believe in like commitments and marriage and maybe, you know, they, they are okay thinking that and people change. Maybe it's not that bad and I shouldn't expect so much. And it's pretty average. I've seen this on TV shows. Like, this is how relationships go. Um, probably one day they'll have to just change their mind. I mean, this has got to go somewhere. Um, and what you probably don't know is that you are on this path that is setting up currently the rest of your life. So there's no hold button for growth as an individual. And this time does matter in your life. The growth and the evolution evolution you need to do as a significant other, the other half of a relationship happens all the time. It needs to start happening now. So you're not idly biding time. You're actually just creating a plateau on your trajectory. And your inaction on this particular topic is actually hurting you in just your lifespan as an individual. It's like if you decided to just not groom yourself <laughs> or not not learn anything for like a couple of years. It's just stagnant. You are stagnating. Because what I'm talking about is part two, what is really going on. You are in a relationship of your creation. This is a manifestation of the choices you have made and that you continue to make every day. You are allowing this to happen, and this is the dynamic that you are actively creating for yourself in love and in your relationship. And most importantly, it is not aligned with what you say you want. It is not, it is not in line with like your values. So the problem is not related to the significant other. The problem is your personal alignment of your actions and what it is you say you want. So that's the very, very simple, completely basic problem. You have to align your actions with what it is you say you want. And I know that in itself seems impossible when you want something op opposite to what is in your control. But remember this, you can change everything in your life just by changing yourself. So by not changing and letting this happen, you are perpetuating something you don't want. So if you really want to meet someone who loves and adores you and is capable of doing that and who is the person that will do that and matches your dreams for yourself, you have got to actively choose it for yourself and like any other thing in your life, you have to plan out the actions that support that value. You have to do your homework, you have to make the necessary behavior changes, and you have to move in the trajectory that matches your learning. And no matter what your excuse for having to stay here right now in this relationship, you have put on hold your romantic life and you're using the other person as the excuse. 
So the real question you have to solve is, why am I doing this? Why am I not acting in alignment? Because it's probably for the reasons you don't realize and you probably are using a lot of rationalizations to make sense of yourself right now. So part three is the why. There are a couple, actually there are two major reasons and there are some little bullets under those two. Um, and I will post this in blog form, so in case you want to go back to it. I will have that on the website for the teaspoon. So the why, the lack, uh, there are two. The first one is basically a lack of conscious awareness. So a lot of the time, you just don't look at what's happening. You don't really think about it. You just kind of ignore looking at the facts. And it's kind of an intentional thing. In biding your time, you're just avoiding awareness of the truth. Like, I don't want to think about it, and I'm not going to deal with it. I'm just going to have some fun, sexy times with this person because I don't want to deal. If that's you, it begs another why. Why don't you want to look at the truth? Why do you not want to deal with the reality? You are choosing people somehow, intentionally, who are unavailable and or far away from being loving towards you and intimate with you. Why would you do that? Either because that's what you grew up doing, so it's like your love map, and you're just modeling the behavior of your parents completely unconsciously, or you are seeking love from someone you didn't get love from as a child, so like what people know as dad issues. So if you seek the love of people that seem a lot wiser, smarter, harder to obtain love from, it's likely t tied to a lack of attention from a parent. So for men, if you constantly are looking for uh, sex and authority, like feeling powerful to affirm your masculinity and your value, that's another version of dad issues. You haven't had like validation from a parental figure. So the third and most common reason that you are choosing people who are unavailable is that you are, uh, it's because it's safe. It's safe and it's easy to love someone who is far away and is self-obsessed. And if you have been hurt really, really badly in your past, you are likely afraid of having it happen again. So it makes complete sense that you would be attracted to people that are naturally unavailable. Because most people who have been really injured by past relationships, the only people who are comfortable, like they're comfortable getting to know, are the ones that are kind of distracted enough by themselves that you can kind of tiptoe toward without the risk of injury. So you can kind of sidle up next to them and see, get to know them from a distance and kind of like see that you like them, feel like you want to be around them more, and then they never come too close to you. So you are capable of falling in love with them because they are a safe distance at all times. The kicker is that you end up with someone in a relationship who is incapable of seeing you, will not see you ever, and is incapable of loving you back and being intimate with you because they are always going to be safely off in their own world. And I know that these are all totally unconscious, but I, I want you to think now and reflect now and think if whether or not this could be true for you. 
some form of a lack of awareness behind your decision making, behind the people you choose to be with. Are there patterns? Are you choosing people that are unavailable? Are you choosing people that are completely misaligned with like your age and your background? Like people that you feel are superior to you? So the other big bucket, potential reasons behind you is you think they are right. So somewhere deep down, you think that this other person is right for not completely settling on you as their mate and not giving you complete commitment and not giving you complete love and investment. And maybe you can see where they are coming from because you think their reasoning is valid. They have a reason to not be proud of being with you because you're not that hot or they have higher standards than you. And this person you're with romantically isn't giving you what you want, total love and commitment, because you don't think you are worthy of it. And to be that worthy, you would have to be way hotter and more perfect and more awesome. And you'd have to even, I don't know, change everything about yourself, work out a million times more. And you have to work so hard even now just to keep their attention, barely. And the truth to this why is that you have bad opinions of yourself and your value that you are living out via someone else. That's right. It's got nothing to do with them or their value system at all. You just happen to find somebody who confirmed your value system back to you. And so you listened intently to what they said. So they validated your hidden low feelings and fears by proving to you a particular value system of yourself. So for example, let's say this person you are with is so cool and so smart and so sexy and only dates models and they're rich and they're famous and da 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 da. That person to you represents an authority on what is hot and sexy and worthy. So if they liked you, you feel hot and sexy and worthy because they're so hard to please. And if anybody can tell you, they are the most adept at declaring your value in this world. The awful terrible part of this is that you are reliant on their definition of you to you. And it is the only thing that makes you feel valid. Which is a giant and important key to hand to somebody else. If they do love you, you feel truly lovable. If they don't value and treasure you, you feel they are correct. And that, and then you suffer incredibly. And the irony of this relationship is that you are both defining your identity and your value to one another simultaneously. So it's its own weird reliance. Like if you are in a relationship like this, you might not even know it, but you are using them to feel valid and they are using you, giving themselves unconditionally to them as, uh, and their ability to half invest in you and how much power they have over you as an affirmation of how powerful and wanted they are. So you're both getting uh, an unhealthy validation from one another. And it's like living out kind of a secret fear of unworthiness that depends on this imbalance in the relationship, this kind of abuse to each other. So once you start to drift away and get more confident, they likely come back to wrangle you back into submission and into wanting them. So that's a testament to their raw power. Like it shows like I can do whatever I want. They, this person wants me so bad that I can get away with whatever I choose to. 
Um, so I know that's a lot to emotionally take apart. So the most important fact of all of it is all you have to do to change this broken record behavior is focus on you and your relationship with yourself and bettering that opinion. And it starts with you working on your bond with yourself and starting to build your investment in yourself by demonstrating it with actions. It's not just saying, I'm worthy and I love myself. You have to actually invest the time and demonstrate with your actions to actually begin to trust yourself and believe in your own value. It's almost like a backwards process in that you will create the value by just taking the actions that demonstrate the value. So you just basically, the tools are going to be all about starting to show up for yourself, starting to protect yourself, and starting to treat yourself like a person who deserves to be treated well by treating yourself well. <laughs> so I know that the love part is complicated, and so we're going to start on everything else in your life to give you the strength and support for that part to be figured out automatically. It's going to start and end with you. Which brings me to part four, which are the tools. Step one is you're going to grab a journal or a piece of paper and you're going to write the love list. I know I've said this before in many episodes, but I want you to write a love list. And I don't want you to describe the person you're currently with. If you don't want to call it a love list, you can call it a values list. But I want you to write a list of your highest wants and values in a significant other. And you don't have to worry about what they mean related to your current relationship. Just write down what you value most and what you want for yourself in a romantic relationship. I like to call it the love list, but whatever you want to call it. And basically just pour out all of them, and then uh, you are going to rank them in the order of what is most important to you. So the fundam fundamental foundational values should go first. Things like commitment and intimacy, attraction, those might be on there. So if you don't have that many, that's okay. Just keep adding to it as you think of new things. So that's good. You have your love list now or values list. That's kind of what is going to guide your measure for what you are going to tolerate and what you are not going to tolerate. Which brings me to the next one, step two which is aligning with your values. Aligning with your values and aligning with them objectively. And quite simply what that means is you are not going to interpret, you are not going to decide the meaning of things or the intentions behind things or decide what means something different in a certain situation or etc. You're just going to start judging everything in your world and life from others and from yourself from a completely objective and factual standpoint. So it doesn't matter what they say. It doesn't matter what they meant. It matters what they do, plain and simple. And the same goes for you. There's no explaining away or conditionalizing of your behavior. You are going to act in literal terms, as a person who is good at caring for themselves, who is self-protective, who is self-loving. So it's almost like you are going to lead your brain out of the conversation entirely, and this is how you are going to start breaking yourself of some really bad old trained-in habits. You are going to 
start enacting these rules for yourself and hold yourself accountable. Because magically what happens is you will transform into that person. So this includes you enforcing the rules of your own value system. And it can be difficult at times. So just enact as much as you can possibly handle and in lieu of kind of absolute enforcement, like for example, if you're like just really having a weak moment and you know kind of like you're succumbing to a bad habit that you are, are trying to untrain from yourself and you know it's not self-loving to like go back again or whatever it is, like I want you to start focusing on the discomfort of your awareness of that truth. Like literally start focusing on getting mad about your own self-betrayals. Like be mad at yourself when you're not doing what you know you should do. Make yourself sick of this crap. Like literally get annoyed at each and every time this happens. Because the more you can focus on that, the sooner you will get to a state of pure and true fed-upness that you can't talk yourself out of, which is great. Because you're just going to be forcing the boiling point. It'll take some time. We've all got to start somewhere. So be as strict with yourself as possible, enforcing the rules of your value system. And don't betray yourself. Like, and if you are going to, focus on, like, hating it. Really, really hating on that fact. Step three is a tool I like to call self-bonding. And that is basically... You've got to build this loving relationship with yourself because you are right now mistreating yourself and you tell others how to treat you by how you treat yourself. So next in your self-building, you're going to start a new daily self-love inducing practice. And that means something that benefits and cares for your physical body and soul. And it's done just to make you happy, to soothe you, to please you, to improve you, all of that stuff. So it could mean something like making uh, your nightly glass of wine into a more ritual me time, like where you journal, you take time to light candles, you make, you play like nice music, you turn off your phone, and you spend some like quality time intentionally with yourself. Because little things like lighting candles, they go a long way in like formalizing an intention behind the act. So other ideas. You could start a new morning yoga class or you could start going to like a really beautiful spot to watch the sunset or just going on walks that are specifically ritualistic and for your own pleasure and kind of go out of your way for yourself. And you're going to do this by yourself. These are just for you to bond with you. Could even be little things like making sure your socks are really comfy every day. Whatever they are, make these little intentional, self-pleasing, self-loving moments and do them as often as possible. And whatever they are, they need to be consistent and you need to do them every day. So other things like if you are cold, get yourself a damn jacket. If you have to go pee, go pee. Don't make yourself suffer or endure discomfort. Treat yourself like a very, very highly respected guest in your body and just be respectful to you. Put you first. Do it in as many little ways as possible on a daily basis. <clears throat> Next up, step four is <clears throat> what I'm calling the 
forced lily pad growth step. And I don't know if you guys heard the um, priorities, personal priorities pond episode, and I will link to that in the show notes. But basically, you are going to grow the other facets that make up your definition of self. You're going to do this by force. (laughs) And that means you're just going to start expanding yourself in any direction, socially, personally, uh, professionally as well. You're going to just embrace new activities, new social outings, new classes, new hobbies. Um, And I know when you're in a relationship, based on kind of an addiction-like reliance like it's almost intoxicating how you feel about this other person, it can be really hard to break yourself away mentally from that. For even like 10 minutes, you're always kind of half thinking about this person. That's why I'm calling it a forced lily pad growth process. Um, Because you're going to have to be deliberate and you're going to have to make yourself do it. And you're probably going to still be like, but I want to be with the other person. But like you still have to go through this process. Because this is intentional. Your goal is to foster and bloom what you want more of in your life and that's what you're consciously doing with these efforts so it won't feel authentic at first but your chemicals will slowly and surely follow your eyeballs and your focus and your energy so just do this with deliberate intention and fervor build up the other areas of your life and make them grow more prominent like if there are more activities you can force yourself to go to go to them Make more friends, be around the existing friends you have, enhance what makes up your daily activities. Step five is called personal myths. This is a fun one. So you are basically going to unearth the myths and the fears and the reasons you have deep down that lurk in the pit of your belly that make you feel bad about yourself and make you feel desperate and tethered to this person and insecure and scared and you're going to write them all down and you're going to laugh at them (laughs) because currently you are being deceived by a strange misperception you have about yourself and your value and it's causing you to accept less than ideal behavior. And you probably don't see it that way at all. You just see it as who you are. All these things you just see as the truth of who you are. But what you are going to do is you are going to put them in broad daylight and kind of call them out on the mat. Because whatever those dark beliefs you have about yourself, they are completely invalid. I don't care what they are. They're all garbage. They should have no power over you. And yet they do. Um, So... Basically grab a giant piece of paper and a thick marker. Actually, you want one thick marker and one kind of like easy to write with without running out of space kind of pen. So it could be like a halfway thick Sharpie. Um, So you are going to write out all of the things that make you feel like you could not get exactly what you want. And all of the fears that you are kind of harboring about love and about relationships, all the things that you don't like about yourself, all the things that you don't feel good about or you're afraid of or like the statistics that people are so scared of and all that kind of junk. Just let it pour on out. So just to be clear, I don't think these things are things that you should say. I'm just going to list some things that you might have because I think they're common beliefs. Um, Things like, 
I am over 30, so I'm older than everyone else that's dating right now. Or I'm not in the demographic that people are attracted to in my particular town. Or I don't have a large friend group and I'm never around people who are single. Or I am fucked up and I have really bad issues, so I don't think most people would really get me. Or I have a checkered past and I don't like most people, so I never find people that like me either and I don't like them. Or my boobs are too small. My dick is too small. Maybe you have both and they're both too small. My breath is too bad. I have saggy bags under my eyes. I have bad skin. So people don't are attracted to me. I never get hit on. I have issues. I have a hard time opening up to people. I'm shy. I My mom said I <laughs> no one gets married after college. So I'm lucky if I stick with this person. Whatever they are, write down all of those fears that you have kind of circling in the back of your head. You get the idea. So hit pause. You're going to do yours now. Ready? Cool. So at the top of this list, you're going to take with the big, giant, fat, black marker, and you're going to write, my bullshit fears. And if you don't like profanity, you can call it personal myths or personal mistruths. Whatever the title, you are going to just decorate the crap out of this lettering at the top. You're going to call it, let's say you call it personal myths. You're going to outline the lettering and you're going to put an underline underneath it. Make sure it's legible. And now that you have your kind of very legible list of things, you are going to post this on the wall in your room next to your vision board. I'm serious. You're going to tack it on the wall and you're going to stare at it and you're going to own it and you're going to laugh at it. You can decorate it if you want. I want you to notice this thing and kind of stare it down on a daily basis because it's a total list of total utter garbage. This is like the excuse list that you have manifested based on your not wanting to address or deal with actually taking actions. So this is like the shape and the form that it has taken in you to cower from creating change in yourself. And basically, you have to acknowledge that is the real cause of your situation, these excuses to yourself. These are all completely made up by your brain. They're not literally the reason for your situation because your situation is completely boundary-free. There is no such thing as rules. There are no statistics. There are no natural laws that will ever decide your future, your love, your relationship, who you are meant to be with, what you will, who you will end up with at all. You get to decide right now what you're going to choose for yourself and then you will find that thing because of what you choose. And all of these things on this list are just really silly, trivial, bad thought habits that you have grown attached to and you've been telling yourself unconsciously and giving weight to so that you don't have to grow out of this kind of lazy situation you're in. So I want you to look at this list and you want to, I want you to accept that if you end up completely alone in your worst case scenario of relationships, that will still be completely worth it if it means you went for your best self and you honored yourself 
and you respected yourself and your worth and you did not accept shitty, crappy behavior from somebody that doesn't deserve you. And I want you to think about that. That would be completely a so be it, fine then kind of like awesome truth to own. If you're going to end up alone because you don't tolerate crappy behavior and you don't like get mistreated, that's fine. So be it. Because it's better to be the awesome self-respecting you that everybody can see as like the greatest prize in the world that does not mistreat themselves or eat shit. That's way better than tolerating someone that degrades you and does not treat you well. That's not going to happen. That absolutely is not the scenario that will happen. But you have to look at this that way. It's all or nothing. You cannot half-ass your treatment of yourself if you want to commit to finding somebody that will really adore and love you because you're not loving and adoring yourself. If somebody's not going to treat you right, fuck them. They're not allowed to be around you. And if you can't treat yourself that way, you are not going to find that person. So you've got to decide that now. You've got to look at this list. You've got to know it's garbage. And you've got to start acting like you want to find somebody that is worth loving you. I want you to think long and hard about that right now. I'm getting all antsy and excited. Because who is the person that deserves to be loved and committed to like a treasure that they are? The person who acts like that and knows that that is their goal. To find the one that takes care of their self, that doesn't settle, who doesn't waste their time, who doesn't give their body to douchebags, and who don't deserve them. Who has hobbies and passions and dreams and loves and who invests in themselves and who champions what is great about them. Who is full of life and love and cool hobbies and who wants to be their best and nothing less. That's what happens when you start treating yourself like a prize and you become immediately like a magnet for more loving and passionate individuals. All They'll just start feeling the energy around you and that's when you start being yourself. That's who you are deep down. So you have to accept that your fears, they exist and they're not worth cowering from. You gotta just own them and kind of let everyone else know that you own them because what you will likely find is there are people that are exactly the same as you. They have the same fears as you. And when you can own them, that shows you're confident. And they can probably agree with you. Like, I have the same exact insecurity and I have the same exact fear. So once you commit to the person that you want to be and that you want to embrace and you want to share with others, lo and behold, one day that person just arrives. It's just the way nature works. Like you create a trajectory and you cross paths with those of the, that have the same trajectory. So as long as you keep looking at what it is you want for yourself, you will get to that thing. You probably won't believe it exists. And when you find it, you will be like, it will take a long time because there's only one person. And once it arrives on your doorstep, you'll be like, holy fucking shit. This is the craziest thing I never knew existed. Oh my God, it's like this person was designed specifically for me. No joke. Just be patient. Right now, all you've got to do is focus on growing yourself. And that's your only job right now. Don't overcomplicate it. Don't try and solve for the future. Don't try and solve for the millions of people in the world. Which one's for me? Just focus on you 
building the relationship you need to have with you. So right now you have been keeping yourself safe from growth and choosing to indulge in this soothing tactic that is this crappy relationship and choose to look at that fact and choose to move past it. Because all fear is irrational. All of your fears are not predicting your future. They are guiding your present and they are deciding your trajectory for you by you listening to them, which is never the way to make decisions. It's never the way to guide your actions. The way to to make the best decisions is to empower yourself to come from stability, confidence, chemical calm, and confidence. Like that is when you are the most rational and capable. And that means pretty much you're going to just have to build your bearings. You're going to have to build stability for yourself so that you can really feel your strength and choose what you want based on what is best for you. And know that you are already in progress. You're already moving at this very moment just by shifting your perspective. It doesn't mean you have to do things that are so dramatic and drastic. Just work on moving a tiny part of yourself at a time. Just shifting your perspective a little bit at a time. It just takes being intentional and being intentional about bravery, looking at problems, looking at discomfort, looking at what you're afraid to look at. Just focus on little changes in yourself like that. So I know that it's specifically difficult when you suffer from insecurities or fears that are related to your self-image. So a part B to this step five, I know it's like the longest step five in the world, but a part B to this that's specific to body image or self-image problems, I'm calling unhabit. That's U-N, not I-N, like inhabit. <laughs> Sorry. So unhabit is basically like, I know that body image stuff is impossible because it's like a hallucination almost. Like you're, you, it becomes like obsessive, these like perceived flaws to the point where it's like debilitating. So the best medicine besides improving your confidence in other areas of your life is investing in um, things that promote your chemical balance, you know, like exercise, serotonin inducing things, all stuff like that. And secondarily, focusing on um, untraining those ritualistic self-image habits. So what I mean by this is like things that you might do around your perceived physical ailments or sorry, physical flaws, like aesthetic flaws. Those things like checking the mirror, like checking the scale, like comparing your age to all the other ages of your friend group and like when they got married and how old they were and like looking up statistics of like who is attracted to who on the dating site and how many people actually like certain people of a certain background or it could be anything. It's like any obsessive behavior that causes you to focus on something that promotes your belief in an insecurity. Like anything that confirms to you you have a reason to feel ashamed about something or you have a reason to feel you are at a disadvantage because of something. So any of those things you do that kind of confirm to you some sort of terrible fear about yourself, you're going to intentionally unhabit it. Like you're going to stop yourself from doing it. You're going to 
shift your focus. You're, you're going to be aware of this thing, but you're going to shift your focus away from it because it is irrelevant and it has nothing to do with you. So you're basically taking yourself from being a victim to this thing to an empowered person that is aware of this obsessive thing that they have, but you're not going to pay it any more time and attention deliberately. So when anytime it's popping in your head and trying to make you panic, you're going to deliberately let it pass. You're going to watch it, you're going to know what's happening, and you're not going to engage it. You're going to distract yourself from it when it comes about. And all of these ritual things, in just the process of untraining them and distracting yourself from them, it can feel a little bit terrifying, like you're almost losing a, a vision of yourself in this weird way. You're like, you, you feel like you're losing your awareness of where you stand in the world, like you're losing some sort of measurement you have to yourself in the world and like what your value is. It's all these like habits that are meant to try and measure our value. But what you're actually doing is you are slowly undoing the uh, kind of broken glasses that you have on your, they're fixed to your brain. I know that's a hard thing to interpret, but like you have completely uh, a blinded perception of yourself that is completely uh, warped by this negative, obsessive, um, perceived flaw. So this thing is completely not accurate to you. It has nothing to do with you at all. You are looking for confirmation of it constantly because it is a fear that you have. But if you met a stranger, they would have no idea at all what those things are to you. Like they would not call out those things to you at all. And if you were to find a specific person in your friend group and that has the same belief system or the same flaw, like, they'll probably call it out to you if you want them to. But, like, a stranger from an opposite background would not have the same uh, fears or perceived flaws that you have in your brain. So what you are actually losing is a heightened focus on the hallucination that has grown inside of your eyeballs. <laughs> I hope that made some sense. But if you have things you want to work on, let's say you want to lose some weight and you're out of shape, totally go for it. You're fine. Do what you want to do. By all means, empower yourself. Work on your health. But you are not allowed to use those things to abuse yourself. And you are not allowed to do things to hurt yourself and deliberately render negatives about yourself. That is not what you are meant to do. You are meant to love and care and appreciate and celebrate who you are. And if something is hurting you, it needs to stop. And that includes measuring and obsessing and criticizing and circling the flaws on your body and on your face and on whatever it is, your age, what, whatever those details are, they're not okay. They're not self-loving. And if you want to be healthy, fine. If you want to make your health better, fine, but you need to do it in a different way. And if it's causing obsession, if it's causing you to hurt yourself and feel badly about yourself, you need to make a shift. And even if that shift is just becoming aware of it and soothing it when it's happening by trying to intentionally avoid the obsessive habits. So the biggest tool I offer, I think the one of the 
most important ones I preach all the time is focus on actions. Spend energy toward movement and stay focused on what it is you want. So you do not dwell. You don't stop to wallow. You do not dedicate focus to anything that causes you to suffer. If you fall down, you have a, a cry fest, fine. You regress, fine. Cry it out, get it out, kick yourself in the ass, and get back up again. Because no matter who you are, you can change your situation. And there are tools, there are structures, there are paths tread for you, for your particular emotional ailments and everything that you've gone through and want for yourself that can empower you to get to where you want to be. And wherever you get to eventually in your life will be completely different than where it is right now. And it all comes down to what you decide for yourself. You get to choose. Where does your life lead to? And you get to decide to take action toward something positive for yourself right now. And just start small. Start with what is in your control. But take actions. Don't stop to look at the ground and like fearing what if and worrying and oh my god. Don't take it all in at once. Just focus on actions. Even if they're tiny ones. Just do tiny little intentional focus exercises, just focusing on stuff, focus on the change in you that you can inspire. And just hope you go for it. Because once you start making a little bit of progress, it's just like the hull of a ship and it's steering you and all it takes is that tiny little divergence to change your entire future. And this will affect so much else in your life, just correcting this one little part this one big part that is your loving relationship. Because once you kind of stare at the face of the fear of the pain of loneliness, you kind of can do what you wanted to do and, and be self-protective. And it allows you to do what you need to do, which is be good to yourself and celebrate who you are and don't let anybody treat you less than that. Because love, real love... It is worth it. It's the best thing in the world. It's like the, it's like magic. It's honestly like why all fairy tales are written. It, it exists if you wanted to. And be patient. As you walk this path, know that love takes a while. It's just, it's not that bad. I mean, it can get lonely at times and it can get really boring at times while you're waiting. But while you're waiting, that's just a sign that you meant it and... The length of time is just because of sheer numbers. There's only one person out there that's meant to be with you. And when you find them, they're, they're kind of doing some work to get to where you are too. So just stay the course. And if you are suffering at the idea of being alone, like if that's so overwhelming and terrifying to you, and like it literally causes you like just anxiety and like awful, awful traumatic pain, that is another issue at play. It has nothing to do with your relationship, and it's just veiling itself in this relationship. So I really think you should investigate that in therapy because it's a sign that you have um, some trauma. I call them ghost feelings, but they're tied to loneliness and somehow being alone is, is being connected to something very, very old. 
So uh, I suggest you get to the root of it because it's right now causing you to stay stuck to this other person and that's fixable. But for everybody, I just want to say love is, is important and it starts with you. And you can't give love to another person unless you love yourself. And so if you do, if you are with somebody and you don't love yourself, you're, you're actually giving that person something hollow. It's not of real value. And it's sad. It's sad when people get in that habit. I think it's something we all kind of go through where we take the most joy from ourselves in favor of pleasing others. And it's this weird emptiness that soothes pain. And it's sad that it just takes you to more unhappiness. It leads you to unfulfillment forever. Because Love has to come from you first. It can't be found in someone else. It's only real if you are invested in yourself and your own value. And if that's something you're working on right now, that's awesome. We are all in progress. So being in progress right now is great. And that's something that is something you can share with somebody who's working on yourself. And it's even better when you can share it with somebody who has the same perspective and they're they're growing themselves too. That means you can both take each other to the moon and the stars and you can build something even greater and do it faster and it'll be something worth keeping for the rest of your life. So I hope this wasn't too intense, but I meant it and I believe it and I think this will apply to you too. So I hope you go for it and... If you liked this or you think somebody else will benefit from it, please share it. And by all means, uh, if you have time, please, please give me a review on iTunes because it helps me a lot. It's really, really helpful to me. And um, I wanted to announce I'm going to be making some sweet, awesome new changes to my site and my podcast soon. So you have that to look forward to in the near future. And I send you my love and vibes of positivity. And I heart you all. Um, And don't forget to smile. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.